I feel like Vince, every time something bad comes out about Saudi Arabia, he just looks at the audience and he's like, I'm going to make him say, uh, <laughs> make him say, uh, H, 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 come here, make him say, uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I think that no matter, I don't, I, I don't want to do that, Vince, I really don't make him say, uh, <laughs> it just goes to show that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if wrestling's doing good everywhere else. It doesn't matter if there's actual competition that has done better than SmackDown in ratings, which I mean, an asterisk by it, but still, and you're still not bringing it together. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> so welcome to Fight Boys, the weekly podcast about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I'm the one that makes them say, Oh, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that's not stealing the early bits. The bu- no, I steal every bit. It's me, the B, Blake Tanner. And I'm the guy who's apparently just given the intro to Dylan at this point. I've, I've gone down and I've presented it to him like Excalibur, like this is yours now. Listen, listen, I'm going to give you the same advice that, that Cody gave, gave MJF, which is the most important thing. He was ever told, which was make sure you make him say. <laughs> My favorite part of that entire fucking bit, though, was MJF rushing out to the ring, begging Cody not to throw out his tie. And then Cody turns to throw it. And it's just MJF going, no, don't. And then that's the end of this week's being the elite. That's fantastic. I can't wait to watch that in seven weeks when I have time to watch it. Yeah. Listen, I start the the opening because I need to fucking sleep and, like, <laughs> somebody's got to. Mm-hmm. That's fair. If we recorded this, if Blake got, if Blake's freaking theater people got their shit together and he got out at a reasonable time, I wouldn't have to do this. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing is we do have our shit together. It's just a long-ass play. So did anyone watch last week's Dynamite? Because I don't know. I, it felt like the weakest one they've had so far. But that might have just been because I was very tired and at work. Um, it's that second one. It's really that second one. <laughs> like uh, yeah, because I heard good things about it. I, I wasn't able to watch any of there it. Was the, there was the... the the tag team matches that were were pretty good and like all that like no no well, the, i'm pretty sure it was just you the thing for me was the fact that this week was lucha bros and private party right no that was last week what i don't know dude all i know is it was a very weird there was a weird energy versus lucha when lucha bros took on private party i don't know what it was but it seemed like private party was like going into business for themselves and doing some Shawn Michaels Hulk Hogan selling at points. But I was just like, okay, okay, I guess this is the energy these are bringing today. We went over this. We went over this like the week it happened. It was just you. You need to focus on SCU versus the Dark Order, which got both teams over. And because the and because SCU used a different finisher than the one they botched that other time. Yeah. And uh we're going to go with that. We're going to go with the fact that, you know, they, they filmed dark afterwards, and that was f- awesome for the, like, third, however many weeks in a row they've been doing what it. What were the uh, matches for dark this week? Uh, let's see here. There was uh, Sonny and uh, Dustin Rhodes versus uh, QT Marshall and Peter Avalon, which was a really good match. 
Uh, like, cause like it's, it was really weird cause you saw Sunday Kiss there and that was with Dustin and you were just like, oh, that, that, <laughs> like there's at least some connection there. They oddly enough had matching outfits in terms of color scheme, but that was a, that was a pretty good match. Uh, like Peter and, uh, and QD, like they did a good job of being like the come from behind heels, but like still somewhat incompetent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was a women's four way match. Uh, between, was it Sadie Gibbs, Penelope Ford, Allie, and Sakura, um, which, like, Sadie Gibbs, like, they said that, like, 27 only been doing it for, like, two and a half years, but she came out with a look where I was like, oh, you're the, you're the champion out of the four of these people, it's (laughs) not any of these other people, like, she came out and I was like, you look like you kick ass in your spare time, um, like, Penelope Ford looks like she probably does some other stuff, but that's probably just me associating her with Joey Janela. And then Allie is, is like, really, like, you know, has adorable energy, but no one's going to do that. And then, like, you know, Sakura is, like, really old and, like, very talented, like, extremely talented wrestler, but just kind of looks like the, the embody, the Japanese embodiment of a garden gnome. And I can't get <laughs> over that impression. If you look at her, like, she looks like it's all, like, like there's there's like like I don't know it doesn't look like she has like hips or anything it's just like one like it's not like a stick person because like she's she's too wide for that it's it's really offsetting like it looks like a like a lawn statue that's the only thing I can compare it to mm. if you dressed a lawn statue like Freddie Mercury that <laughs> would be soccer <laughs> Like I said, really talented. Really enjoyed the match because of her. The only thing I can say against Sadie Gibbs is, like, you could tell that she was, like, we're supposed to do this move next, but the other person wasn't quite there yet. So I could be like, okay, arm drag. Okay, she kind of messed that up. Also, for some reason, during that match, there was weird cuts. Like, I missed, like, at least 30 seconds of this match, some of which was important because Sadie Gibbs did a top rope suicida or a top rope tope that I didn't get to see. And... She was just all of a sudden there on the floor grabbing Penelope Ford, and they were like, oh, the, her momentum carried her. I was like, yeah, apparently past the cut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and then the I final... I feel like I, there were some weird... Or I've been reading about weird cuts in that match. It's like... Yeah, I, don't... I think I think it was just an editing problem or, like, something happened with the feed. I don't know. But the main event was uh, Jimmy Havoc versus uh, Darby Allen versus... Jack Evans, which oh, was shit. Which, oh, which was amazing. I was sad because Jimmy lost again, and like that's my boy. I've been like rooting for them this whole time. Man cannot buy a win at this point, mainly because Darby's there, and like they're like, oh, we have to put Darby over. And I was like, you've put Darby over. You could have had Jimmy pin Jack Evans and like at least built a secondary person. Now you've made, now you've just put like Jimmy Havoc at like one and six. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just. By the way. I for like like Jack Evans is I don't know I just I don't like every time I watch Jack Evans move I'm just like how how oh, are yeah, you yeah. like just like his entire you know there's the old Bruce Lee saying of of like be like water Jack Evans is the embodiment of that somehow like 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 effortlessly fluid motion all the time he did a he did a freaking suplex on the ramp to Jimmy Havoc. And then, like, matrixed his way back up to his feet. There was no kip-up. He just upped himself to his feet. Yeah, Evans is one of those guys that I got into him about... I don't know if he was wrestling in Mexico or if he was on a hiatus or something, but I got really into Jack Evans during a time when he was not around a lot, and I just got... No, he was in AAA in Mexico. Okay, and I just got mad. I couldn't see more of him, and then once I started seeing him, like, team with Angelico, I was like, 
Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with this. One of my favorite bits in all of PWG, and I, I really need to buy high spots just so I can go back and watch it, is there was a bowl, I think it was 2015, where Angelico and, uh, and Jack Evans faced each other, and Jack Evans did Drunken Master. Like, he went to the bar there, drank, and then pretended to be... And he did the whole the whole thing. And it, it worked flawlessly. That's great. And that was when I gained the most respect for, for Jack Evans. That's why I can never... I can never fully root against Jack Evans. Because I'm like, you're too entertaining. Like, your heel shtick. Like, like all the time in, in Lucha Underground and everything I've ever seen Jack Evans in. I was like, you're... You're too. I can't. I. I. You're doing great heel work, but I. I can't. I like you too much yeah. as a as a performer. Well, as weak as I thought last week's dynamite was, this week's is going to be amazing because uh, M- M- Morty, Morty, I'm gonna get the Judas effect. Morty, M- Morty, I'm gonna hit him with it. Morty, Rick, I don't think that's a pretty good idea. I got it. Um, <laughs> does then, TNT own Cartoon Network? How does that work? Um, yeah, I think they're all owned by the same company because TBS is also owned by that. And I know they have Rick and Morty. And someone on Twitter was just like, if this is the step towards the Tim and Eric crossover that I've always wanted, it'll it'll make me very happy. I think that would be something that I'd want to watch. How do you how do you compare to something like the Majesty and One Shot Wonder of Firefly Funhouse that will continue on to your show? Ah, oh, fuck it, just bring in Tim and Eric; they'll do weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna listen. We already brought in Jay and Silent Bob. Now we're bringing in Rick and Morty. We're bringing in tag teams. We're a tag team company. Yeah, I don't. Do, TTC. What's gonna happen? Like, is it gonna be a backstage segment? How the fuck are they gonna do this? Um. Knowing knowing the creators, they probably just made, like, a video. Yeah. There's probably just going to be, like, a vignette that they play. Uh, and they might have drawn the, the like, the elite to beat the shit out of uh, out of Rick. I don't know. <laughs> but it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm going to really enjoy it. And I'm sad I can't watch it live. And it's going to be so However, bizarre seeing all of the people in the audience wearing the Rick and Morty masks with, that, that are given out. Which, my favorite is people on Twitter were like... I wonder what Cody's big announcement he was going to make last week is. And someone just went, oh, he's already made it, y'all. And it was the tweet where he said, everyone in attendance gets a free Rick and Morty mask. By the way, uh, y'all want to y'all wanna come with me to the show in Jacksonville? Hey, fuck you, dude. I'm waiting to see if I'm off for the Nashville show. Because if I am, I'm going straight to Nashville for that one. I don't care. Blake, you can come if you want to. I mean, if I can't, if I'm not dead, yeah. Like, if I am still among like the people who are alive from the neck up, I may just be in a coma. Yeah. yeah. So, Scotty, let's say that you can't get off for the Nashville show. Does that mean you're not in for the Jacksonville show? I've got, fucking fly me down there, and I will be. That's the only way. I cannot afford a flight. I mean, it's two months from now. You just save like a dollar a day. <laughs> You know how that math, that's how that math's out. I'm going to fly spirit there, spirit back, and then not be able to afford gas on the way home. Oh, buddy, no. That, with spirit, that covers your seat choice price, not the price of the flight itself. So, Dylan, how do you feel about the fact that Jake Hager's stealing your fucking gimmick and is just wailing on dudes' nads in a fucking MMA fight now? God, I felt really he, bad for him because it looked like he was having a good fight, and then it like it the knee it just got away from him. Like he was trying to go like do a clinch, whatever, 
but like didn't know where he was and then just d- straight there like the dude dropped like a sack of potatoes <laughs> and just stayed down it was straight like no cup in the world could protect you from that well it happened twice i feel like that was yeah. also part of it also how do y'all feel about them just calling it a straight no contest because I do feel like it was kind of accidental, but, oh, man, it was rough. Jake hadn't lost. Does this count as, like, a, a blight on his record at this point? I mean, no, no contest is a no contest. Like, yeah. whatever. Uh, basically, it's like this fight didn't really happen, which is the best possible outcome because they could have ruled it a DQ loss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is also perfect for inner circle shit like i i loved the the fact that they had jerry they were there yeah they were there batista and they were sh- by the way apparently during an interview fucking sammy guevara is so goddamn committed to this gimmick or he's the biggest douche i know because he just took his shirt off during the interview <laughs> in this in the crowd have you have you watched the adam adam divine comedy special on netflix no. Oh, there's a great bar- part where he talks about how, like, somebody recognized him. He was like, how's it going? He put, like, up two peace signs. Like, That's an elite tier douche move. And, like, Sammy Guevara is pulling elite tier douche moves week after That's... week. Like, all-star run here. Should we discuss WWE's merch team right now, or are we going to wait? Because I, I, it is something that definitely should be someone's heel this week. So here's oh, the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm of, I'm of two minds. About this whole this whole endeavor, and what y'all are talking about is, of course, uh, Jordan Miles and everything that happened with his social media from starting out on this real bad T-shirt design, all the drama surrounding it, WWE's response, and just like how just rough it got there for a bit. It was it was going pretty like. Net positive for him until he brought in Jay Lethal and called Jay Lethal and Uncle Tom. Yeah. Um, on the on the one hand, I I like I, I vaguely remember there being an uh, a Cole Cabana interview with Jay Lethal. It had to be like three years ago at least, where like he talked about like getting shit for like the Macho Man gimmick and all this, and like you know, like not representing. I I, I swear I I'm pretty sure it was on there. I vaguely remember it. And I was like, I can see why you thought that. And because, like, he was right. Like, he, like, not even him. Cedric Alexander and, like, Moose. Yeah. Could not, could not buy a title run in that, at that part. Like, his, historically, ROH, very white championships. Yeah. And Latino. I'm sorry. They've gone, they've gone Latino. Will not go African American <laughs> at all. One guy. Two guys. I'm sorry. Xavier was like their second champion. So two two black guys. Mm-hmm. Whole history yeah. of the company. And I mean, but I mean, Lethal was always booked strong too. And I, I mean, once he, he he always seemed to have pretty solid gimmicks. It didn't feel like he, I don't know. It just felt like a. It was so strange that he brought him in like at that point that he did. Like, like that. No, if he hadn't, if he hadn't brought in, I think he was trying. He was trying to get a hold of something, and he shouldn't have. But that was where everybody turned against him. Uh, and then things just kind of kept going bad. And then he apologized today and was essentially an apology, but not really an apology. And then Titus, Titus O'Neil, Booker T, and like one other person, like we're all like, you did this wrong and you should like, you should shut the fuck up. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, so one of the most successful people 
Mm-hmm. And Titus O'Neil are calling you out. And Titus <laughs> O'Neil is like wh- one of the greatest dads, apparently. So like that's that's got to feel disappointing. Number one super dad, yeah. yeah, yeah. Number one I, super dad. I wish that Titus O'Neil was my dad. If like his <laughs> lessons could be imparted on me, I mean, I mean that'd be real weird. <laughs> it would be real weird, but you know, I'd what? have a lot of questions about the genetics of that situation. I'll be a hundred percent honest. Like your mom's, your mom's genes would have to be strong AF. Have you, you ever still seen that film Twins? Apollo <laughs> Cruz and Blake Tanner in Twins, the remake coming soon. Uh, I think that that would especially- be almost as insensitive as as Jordan Miles' T-shirt. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I- Especially, like, having Booker weigh in on the situation. Someone who has talked about how much adversity and utter bullshit and racism he's had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, no. you gotta, you know, I, and I know Booker's like a company man right now through and through, but like, you gotta, you gotta, I don't know, I can't speak anything more than just what happened and what other people have said, because I just don't, like, that's not anything I've ever experienced, and I just, it's so... It's one of those things that I was like, we have to talk about it, but also, we are three crack-ass white boys, and, like, I don't I don't feel like we can weigh in. I feel like Booker did it all for us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, all I can do is say, this is what Booker said, and I trust his judgment on the situation much more than most anybody else's. It's just Jordan had him a bad day because he I got- mean, really listen do you know who had a worse day than than that wwe had a worse day because that that happened and then the story broke about how they're not paying the nxt talent their tv bonus yeah and then and then apparently in response to that as it was reported today people basically were like asking to be let go because apparently they have they've stockpiled so much talent they're having issues with lockers the performance set. Oh my god, what? Yeah, there aren't enough lo- ain't enough ain't enough fucking holes to go around, man. No holes in the walls, bro. They got to got to got to change on the floor. You're like, here to take a space, not fill it. So you better beat the shit out of Bobby over there to get your <laughs> locker. You better take a sledgehammer to these walls and stall it yourself. DIY. <laughs> uh that's must because that's what that's what WWE's been doing with all this developmental stuff. Like, they've been just just grabbing up all that talent so greedily, and there's no time for any of them. I can't wait till a news report comes out next week that's like, Mia Yim kicked Stokely Hathaway so hard in the nuts he had to give up his fucking locker for her. Uh, no, my my yes. my thing with that is I'm, I'm actually, I'm kind of happy. I'm, I'm kind of happy it finally reached a boiling point. I've been waiting for years. Years. <laughs> This is Dylan's dark side that he's just like, fuck yes, I love it. The smart side. Yeah. The sm- I, yes, I am the Lord there for a reason. No, because whenever NXT got announced and whenever Finn Balor was like, NXT is the place to be and everybody was like praising it, I was like, this has a cap. You know that, right? Like either, unless, unless WWE got a lot better, because I had no faith in them back then. I'm pretty sure if you go back in the history of this show, yeah. that has been well documented for years. Uh, so I was like, there's only a matter of time before NXT, like, missteps somehow. Unless Hunter takes over the company, which I doubted then, I still doubt now. Uh, Vince McMahon will, uh, dictate his will from beyond the grave. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden, the paperwork for SmackDown will, rant, like, somehow be torn up two hours before show. Um, You'll find like, out one with just, like, good shit written yeah, on it. Exactly. New script. Uh, but no. 
I, I knew that eventually, because they were grabbing so many good people, that that it it would backfire, and it is now. Now people a aren't gonna come. Women might still because they have the best women's division because AEW's is still like trying to get there, and they don't have trainers like Sarah Del Rey, who's like fucking top tier. Um, but like that's that's it at this point. Like if you're if you're anybody else, unless WWE offers you a main roster deal. Like you're not going to take that that money, knowing you have to a go on TV, b potentially have to tour soon because there's so many people, and like there's no guarantee you'll get paid your money. It's not going to happen. So finally, all of that's the some people- TNA shit though, isn't it? <laughs> TNA is doing better than that now. TNA no Impact paid everybody a pay raise. They got they gave them a bonus. The the fucking. One wrestler cried because of the bonus. That was how much they needed it, and then the company gave it to him. Don Callis and Scott Diamore are doing better than Triple H and Vince McMahon yeah. right now. I need you to evaluate what universe you're in right now. I'm expecting Twilight Zone music to start playing over the top of this fucking show. Yeah. That's how fucking parallel universe this feels also quick aside because impact was brought up after last week where i was talking about how amazing impact is and how great they are they then follow that up and say oh you think we were doing great with our like intergender shit and all that by the end of the year they are probably going to be the first ever televised wrestling show with a female world heavyweight champion it will be tessa blanchard after beating the shit out of sammy callahan the minute I so read what you're sa- saying, the minute I what you're saying is we're gonna have to add it to our prediction series. Yes, the minute I read that Sammy won the title, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Sammy definitely deserves it. And then they were like, and then Tessa came out and approached him and stared at the belt, and I went, okay, fuck it. TNA just moved up the rankings so much further than it had already. It's Impact Wrestling. Get it right. They've <laughs> moved past the Vince Russo shit. Yeah. Um. But no, I. I thought everybody thought she was going to win the uh, freaking X Division title in that ladder match. And then, oh, God, what was the fuck is his name? Austin? No, some dude. Austin Lee. I don't I don't remember. Came in out of nowhere. Kendo shot at her and took it. And they were like, oh, they they really got me because like freaking um, freaking Sammy didn't win either. And then the tapings happened and everybody was like, oh, shit, Sammy won. And then the next taping happened and. Tessa became number one contender and everybody was like, it was, there was that mean, it's happening. It's actually happening. <laughs> yeah. We weren't prepared. We're we had put the streamers it away. Now. No, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be some good times. Except everybody's like, and after she does that, uh, after a contract expires, AEW needs to, to, you know, give her the money and, yeah. and steal her. Cause and just take her. Just take her. Yeah, because there's not... I mean, there's plenty of good female talent to go around, but since AEW is so unproven, and since their match quality isn't good yet, which is the one thing everybody's like, look at how bad. I was like, listen, you need to understand, it's not so much that AEW's quality isn't good. It's that it took WWE having a 20-year head start, and, and, the, and like, it's not like worlds of difference. Like it's it's like sizable. It's probably like a good like like thirty percent better for the better matches. But like the the bad ones are still bad in WWE. And at least AEW puts a women's match on like 
every show or every dark, there was a Raw where there just were no women. There was a Sausage Fest Raw last week. Like, what are you... Like, oh, yeah, no, totally. Those women's matches that aren't happening are so much better. At least there is women's wrestling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you got to think how buck wild that is with the fact that for every, like, male superstar they have, like, they've got so many women on their roster that just don't get any time, period. And at least, like, AEW will, like, switch people out every week. So that multiple storylines can develop, like maybe not like episodically like the men's do, but they're there. There might be a backstage segment like they'll at least keep a thread on some people. Yeah. Or even even in the situations where people are going to be facing each other multiple times, like look at uh, Darby Allen and Jimmy Havoc. How many times have they been in a match together? But it's never been like a one on one match. There's always been yes, like, there was. a third element, or they've been in the tag matches. Like there's always no, been no, something no, different. No, there, there was. That was how they determined was... the number one contendership that Darby. Oh, won. they did. You're right. Yeah, but like <laughs> that, they still all been different. Yeah, yeah they have. There, there's only been one not crazy like stipulation match, which is pretty good. Uh, yeah, but no, I'm 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 excited. I'm more excited, and like I have more faith that AEW's women's division will get better than that WWE won't continue to fuck up the one that they have. Yeah. Now, before we get into predictions for uh, racist pay-per-view, how do we feel about the Prince coming to NXT? Because that might have been the only reason why I say NXT beat AEW last week. Not ratings-wise, but at least as far as something big happening. Finn Finn Super Smiley Boy turning heel made me so happy. I do have something to say because, and, and it's a. I'm really glad you made that point, Scotty, because that's st- that's still what WWE is all about. WWE, you'll never be able to beat them in their moments. It'll be very hard to beat them by just having big moments because that's all WWE does now. They don't have a thorough through line. They don't have something that keeps you week to week. They'll have a big moment that pops you, and then they'll just keep going back to the same shit. And that's what worries me about NXT, because I don't want to, like, I'll only want to watch for the moments, and then, like, when it's a moment, I can see it anywhere else. In a GIF. You can see it in a GIF on Twitter, like how I found out about the Finn Balor thing, which, by the way, my favorite is so encapsulated it and said, when you target the wrong wrestler in WWE 2K19, and he just fucking whips back and hits that Pele kick. Not 2K20, though, because you've auto-targeted three different wrestlers. Yes, it is also probably the most well-executed heel turn, because it wasn't like Finn stayed behind for, like, a Seth Rollins sneak attack. It wasn't like he turned and, like, joined Undisputed Era. He was right next to him and just fucking backflipped I was going to say, the fucking precision of that, that was the best Pele kick he's ever done. Yeah. And he'd, and he'd, and he'd nailed Gargano in the face with it. Listen, I will only really pop for this if tomorrow he comes out in the light up jacket and refers to himself as the real rock and roller. That's it. That's the only way. If he still like brings out the demon and shit for it, actually, no, I'll pop for the first new demon makeup he does because it's all kind of been the same. I want to see like, like that. But if he just kind of comes out and is like, it's whatever, who gives a shit? I don't, like, I'll still love, like, like Fergal because, you know, Bullet Club's for life. But and he's just such a happy boy who loves playing with Lego, and that's my favorite thing about Finn Balor. 
And he still, that's the great thing about his heel turn. He still loves playing with Lego. He just does it maliciously. <laughs> he comes out with a bat made out of Legos. I just like that he's, he's uh, like, since he's heel, he's using the Bloody Sunday, like, finisher more. Yeah. Like, I like, I like that, because I was getting real tired of the coup de gras, because, you know, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't extend his legs, so it looks like a half-ass senton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like, Ruby Riot's, you know how Ruby Riot's finishes, like, the top rope senton, which every time she does, I'm afraid she's just gonna crack the back of her head, and then that's it. Yeah. Uh, just knock herself cold. That's, like, like, Finn Balor looks like he does that, but he doesn't commit. <laughs> Well, now let's get into some predictions, and I will say my favorite thing is when I looked up Crown Jewel, I found an article from CNET that says, Crown Jewel 2019, start times, how to watch it, and why you shouldn't watch it. (laughs) I thank you very much. I like how they're playing both sides of that. By the way, this pay-per-view isn't isn't, uh, racist, it's fascist. There's a difference. Okay. Okay. well, it is authoritarian. It's in authoritarian. A bad way. Yeah, they're not targeting any other, like unless you like. No, the ones they want themselves. That's also politically motivated. So that's fascist too. Yeah, no one is no one is being racially targeted by this. Well, like kind of. Um, yeah, there's some exploitation, but it's not like discriminatory. I guess I don't know. All right, well, I'm white. What do I know? They're a bunch of assholes. Okay, yeah, there are. We all hate them, but like. <laughs> And we hate WWE for this pay-per-view. The, gov- the government sucks. Well, let's start with a 20-man battle royal where the winner will face AJ Styles later in the night for the U.S. Championship. And there's a lot of fucking dudes, and I'm just not going to bother with reading all of them. Because when you've got names like Drake Maverick and Mojo Raleigh, I'm like, I don't feel like I need to bother saying those names because we're not going to pick them. I mean, like, who are the baby faces? Like, like the like. There's there's Ryder, Sin Cara, Humberto. Umber- no, Humberto's like borderline heel. Really? I don't think so. Not from the way they've been presenting him on Raw. But um, I think on Two Hundred Five Live, he like skirts the line more. Okay. Do you think they'd be dumb enough? To have a Singh brother win, and they're, like, fucking close enough, right? <laughs> no. You no, think they'd not. be that dumb? Our truth is going to come out and try to pin one of them during this Rumble. Don't. Don't yeah. lie to me. I'm going to say, um, I'm torn between two right now, and I hope to God they're in here, because I'm... Let me look up. Uh, is, is Buddy Murphy Buddy in Buddy Murphy it? is in it. I'm going to pick Buddy. I'm going to actually say Humberto. Because they've been presenting him really strong. He's been having some great matches. He had a great match with AJ Monday. So then it's just a good through line of those two continuing a rivalry. And Humberto was the guy that Seth had a match with, right? Yep, both of them. Yeah. Okay. Good match with either. Uh, Ricochet's not in it, right? No. Um... Oh, but Fuck. this is a rel- This is a fucking who's not of fucking the roster at this point. Fuck it, I'll, I'll take Sinkara. He got a new manager recently. He seems like he might be like do, they might be starting to do something with him again. Unless, of course, they reenact that broken um, trampoline spot that they put in two K twenty. Wait, they did? That was yep. that wasn't even this Sinkara. That's the yep. problem. Also, I want him to start using his new mask. They put him in the original mask. I don't want that. I want his new, like, cool mask with, like, the contacts, like... Well, does... Do they beat AJ? That's the next match. Fuck no. No way. Uh Uh-uh. Um... 
Yeah, no. I love Humberto, but no, he's not. No. Um, also because he just had that match. Like, I'm pretty sure they're not going to double up for it. That's why... Honestly, Buddy Murphy's a better pick, but I like it when we pick different things. That way, we're all against each other, and we're just like, no, fuck you, no, fuck you. It's like that scene from The Office where everybody's got finger guns pointed at each other. That's how That's how I feel all our projections when there's more than two people should go. Yeah. Um, now a match that cannot be stopped for any reason... It's probably going to be stopped for some reason. (laughs) A false count anywhere match for the Universal Championship as Seth Rollins, who pinned a man using a forklift, faces the fiend Bray Wyatt. You know what? I hope it's Bray Wyatt. That's it, really. No, (laughs) No, we're we're continuing on. He got a new gimmick, so the Bray Wyatt pick is back. Every time, everywhere, every, yeah, we're bringing it back. We're, We're bringing it back. And the best part is you know you're going to get it eventually. Eventually. Yeah. I got it eventually, too. I got it at WrestleMania. Don't you remember? Yep. Scotty was there. He saw, Scotty was there. He saw how sad I was when he lost. He's like, God damn it. I finally started momentum with this. Yeah. Um, Seth. I'm sorry, Seth. Seth. You Wait. You, you remember, like, years ago in one of the other drafts, Someone got drafted to either Raw or SmackDown, but they had a match for the championship on the other brand, which they won, which was, uh, they showed that it was just a way to, like, get them, like, on that other oh, one, yeah. and then false turn. I'm 90% sure that's what this is, because of all of the, uh, all of the people that you could have, like, lost on Raw, why would you lose Bray Wyatt? No one would do that. They would have lost, like, the whole OC rather than lose Bray. Now, I agree. I want Bray Wyatt to win. I ha- There's no way they can end this without pissing off everyone. And this is me at, like, at like the watching them at the edge of the clip, cliff being, don't jump. And then you two assholes are telling them to do a flip on the way down. <laughs> Night-night. Well, now, speaking of the OC, a nine-team tag-team turmoil match to determine the best in the world of tag teams. The New Day versus the Viking Raiders versus versus the Dark Horse Heavy Machinery. Lucha House Party versus Hawkins and Ryder versus the Revival versus the OC versus Ziggler and Rude versus the B-Team. Isn't Ryder in that, like, freaking rumble to start the show? No, 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 he's not. Oh, okay. I thought no. I saw his ass in that picture. Um, Revival, maybe? To keep him in the company? I guess. I don't know. I still think they're going... Dude, as soon as as soon as NWA Power started, I was like, that's where they're going. Yeah. Um, I think that... I know our boy, our boy's, our boy is hurt, and I'm going to talk about that later. But I think the New Day. I think uh, even without X, they'll they'll pull something out. All right. Okay. So, uh, because we have to continue the the standoff shoot off, uh, I'll I'll pick uh, yeah I'll I'll pick the OC just because it's a, it's like Bray Wyatt I have to be right eventually. <laughs> um, up next, a match with the first ever Saudi Arabian WWE superstar versus it doesn't fucking matter, but Cesaro. Yeah, yeah. When's Cesaro's contract up? I'm actually. <laughs> <laughs> There are so many people I see pulling a WCW 
but just for creative purposes, just to be like, dude, I just anything, anything but this. I think Jack Swagger even said that, that they keep people in the weeds and they keep them like lost so that it's easier to control them, which sounds corporate. But yeah, no, it's it's Mansoor. Yeah, no. As much as I love Cesaro and would love to, I, I hope he doesn't have to wrestle in dress pants again. <laughs> yeah. Yep. A thousand percent Mansoor. Okay, so it's three Mansoors. Um, Brock Lesnar versus Cain Velasquez for the WWE Championship. They could do some real shit here, couldn't they? But they ain't. They ain't. But they, they ain't, though. It's Brock. Oh, yeah. Brooke Lesnar. Broke. Broke, 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 broke. Because unless they're trying to, like, get eyes on this pay-per-view by having a major... That like big wow factor, and no, they don't care. It's it's that. Honestly, I probably honestly I probably shouldn't have picked Bray Wyatt in retrospect because I forgot. No, I, I changed that pick back to Seth Rollins. Uh, I forgot. Okay. I, for, I forgot that this isn't a real pay per view. This is just an international house show that they market and that they they make everyone feel ch- makes them millions of dollars, and, and it makes me feel sad. So yeah, Brock Lesnar, Brock Brock Lesnar. All right. The, the, and when you think about that match, because I'm not going to watch it, just remember that Kofi died for this. Yeah. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Tyson Fury. Uh, Tyson Fury, because Saudi Arabians use this show to bring in, like, MMA and, like, boxing. So if the MMA guy's gonna lose, the boxing guy has to win. And boxers, historically, great winning percentage in WWE. Yeah, it's very true. I didn't think about that. I say Tyson or a DQ finish. Braun's not going over clean, but Tyson, either Tyson or DQ. I'm, I'm gonna pull my punches right here. I'm gonna say Braun. That's fair. That's just, all right. Solid. It's a solid pick. It could go that way. I'm just like after all this shit. Why? Like why bring him in to job him out? Kane, at least you know you're gonna have for a while. Yep. And now finally in the main fucking event. Fucking Roman Rosa, Ricochet, Ali, and Shorty fucking G versus Randy Orton, King Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Drew McIntyre. In a Survivor Series match. Oh, wait, it's not Survivor Series. I'm sorry, guys. It is. This is a weird fucking spread for each team, huh? It really is. <laughs> Although I do. I do love the... F- I thought Orton was on Flair's team originally. He is. He, he is. He's the captain. Okay. Did I, I mix them up then? Yes. So, um... This is a racist pay-per-view, apparently. Uh, I have Team Hogan. I do I do as well, Team Hogan, to win this... To end this racist pay-per-view. But I would like to point out, for the record, that this is weird since Rusev is, like, technically kind of... Kind of babyface. Isn't he on Flair's team? No, no, no. He's on. Uh, he's on Hogan's team, and oh, he's on Hogan's team. On. That's fine then. But like Flair's yep. team, if you look at it on paper, way better. Like oh, overall, yeah. top to better, top to bottom. So you got Orton, got McIntyre. Like like the whole lineups there, and then team Team Hogan is just like, uh, yeah, sure, you can be on the team. It's like picking the last kid in dodgeball. You're like, oh, nobody picked him. Yeah, sure. Which is what Shorty G's new gear looks like, is the last kid picked in Dodgeball. I told you, he just looks like Cassius Ono's little brother. (laughs) Where's that poster? I haven't seen it on Reddit yet. You said you were working on it. Well, you know, 
I, I was busy working on a few things for patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's the website where you can support the Fight Boys. You get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week like that. Absolute motherfucker, the Patreon champion, Ghazi. You get access to our Discord where we hang out and chat with you, and you get access to me and Blake's show, You Paid for This, where we watch absolutely terrible, shitty movies and commentate over them. The Fight Boys have done Ready to Rumble. We just did Goosebumps too. and if you want it, you can get it at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Now, who we tweeting? And I don't want to get blocked by Hogan, but I will just send some what the fuck you racist ass bitch to him. Uh, no, at Hulk Hogan, good to see uh, that you're a real. And then in in uh, parentheses, is it parentheses? What's what's the like the half a circle? Yeah, that's a that's a parentheses. <laughs> I never remember. So in parentheses, racist American? Have yeah. fun in Saudi Arabia. Have fun in... You fucking tan fuck. Okay, don't put that shit in there. My tweet at least was like... Funny, kind of. You American hero. Hashtag Hulkwatch. Hashtag did you, don't follow did you, us. Did you put real, like, in quotes, racist American? That was the, the whole heart of the bit. So, boys, we've talked about a shitty, shitty pay-per-view, so let's j- bring in a little joy with our baby faces and heels of the week. So my baby face of the week is fucking bored Xavier Woods. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, as most people know, he uh, tours Achilles in uh, a, ha- a house show, and ever since then... Like, he has been posting pretty much daily, if not hourly, videos of him being bored as shit. My favorite thing is that Liv Morgan still, like, did up, up, down, down with him. Which means that Liv Morgan just has that much time. Time, right? Yeah. And one of my favorites that he posted was, he was acting like the angel and devil on his shoulders. You know you want to do it. You know you want to. It's like, no, you can't do it. You gotta keep your figure. You gotta be a... And then he just breaks... And he just mushes up some Cool Ranch Doritos with chocolate ice cream and just starts going at that shit. And it was the best worst thing I've ever seen. Like, you know he lives in Atlanta. We could probably... Hold on, we could tech, we could tweet X and just be like, hey, can we come hang out and play 2K20? We do it a lot. Mm-hmm. Sure, go for it. Uh... <laughs> Yo, at Xavier, you missed the bit. You missed the bit where uh, where Blake and I like officially announced that our our real life goal is to be blocked by everyone in the WWE. Uh, most importantly, their <laughs> official account. I mean, we just have to. We keep doing it until someone sends it. I mean, if we really have to scrape the bottom of the barrel, let's just say stuff about Punk. <laughs> So my baby face of the week is CM Punk. Uh, <laughs> and I swear to God, that was not a lead in. <laughs> so CM Punk is actually currently like doing doing interviews and shit to promote his his weird horror film that involves a lot of jizz apparently called Girl on the Third Floor and he's going back into the wrestling well and it's very very good like there's bits of yes no no please continue so (laughs) I feel like Blake is fixated on the jizz part of this entire situation it's like why is it just jizz? Because it's a film about toxic masculinity, and so therefore they are portraying that by having the house spray jizz on CM Punk. It's a very... Ah, and the 
the jizz is toxic. That's where the toxic masculinity comes yes. in. But, uh, so back to the actual wrestling part of this. The two of you can talk about this shit on your own show. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's just doing like, he did a sh- he did something where essentially he sat down and watched like the opening scene to Ready to Rumble and um, Nacho Libre and the wrestler and basically evaluated all of the, and like, it was awesome during the wrestler because he was like, do you see the flag on the microphone? That's for Ring of Honor Wrestling. I wrestled in this exact building that they're in right now. And you could see his face like lighting up as he's talking about his past of wrestling. But my favorite part in the whole thing is when it oh, was gets... Grammar Slam. What? He brought Grammar Slam back. Oh yeah, he did bring Grammar Slam back too, which was very good. My favorite one of that though is when he gets to the scene from Spider Man. He goes, "Fuck yeah, I know this scene." Bone saw is ready, and he just starts <laughs> quoting it. <laughs> that was good. But my favorite story to come out of this is when he was talking about he's getting a tattoo of Harley Race, and he goes, not a lot of people talk about Harley Race, but Harley was amazing, and he was like one of the few guys who wouldn't shame me for not drinking, because one night, I think it was for Harley's birthday, there was a round of shots being bought, and uh, the waitress brings a shot to Punk, and he goes, do you have like a shot of soda or something I could have instead? And she goes... It's a it's Harley fucking race. Like you how are you not gonna take a shot of liquor with him? And he goes, I don't drink, and Harley just stumbles over and is like, Hey, the kid don't drink. And Punk goes, and that was it. That was the the issue was over at that point, because Harley did just didn't care who I was. And uh then later he goes, But I did get upset about the fact that I didn't get to take a shot with Harley Race, so I belly up to the bar, and I asked him if they had milk, and I forced that woman to pour us 20 shots of milk, and I brought them over to Harley, and Harley looks at me and goes, Punk, is that milk? Yes, Harley, it is. All right. (laughs) He just, like, picks up a shot of milk and does a big shot of milk with Punk. See, for every, like like negative harley race story i know there are positive harley race stories and i really think it's like a whole style problem yeah my baby face of the week uh is the kabuki warriors who are and i said this in the show are the only thing i pop for for the wwe anymore whenever they show up because one they have now become full anime villains yeah like they've they posted a picture of the two of them with Shinsuke, and I was like, "This looks like the this looks like a, a like like the 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 thing that the protagonist would see on like a big screen of like the villains like posing, and then like Nakamura would just like say some insulting shit in Japanese. Like that's exactly what this looks like. And the pirate princess is dead. They now have matching Kabuki outfits, which like on the one hand, eh, but on the other hand, she wasn't really embracing like the evil side of pirates. She was kind of conveniently ignoring all the rape. Uh, she she didn't bring a fucking cannon out to ringside and shoot their opponents. She didn't. She didn't, she didn't steal from anybody. She didn't like like murder anyone. Except her elbow looks like murder from the right angle. Yeah. Uh, and she didn't take what she could, gave nothing back, all that shit. Uh, but yeah, no, they like, like Kyrie during uh, during the Raw segment where they were doing like just hadn't like said some stuff in Japanese and then just had this maniacal laugh. Yeah, like before she like seemed kind of innocent to Asuka's time, but like she fully embraced it, fully one hundred percent on board. I did like that they redid the heel turn this week because they were like, I don't think the audience 
gets it yeah like i don't think they fully realized because it it, no it wasn't even really a heel turn because Paige was being a bitch she was like i did all this i brought them together and then oscar like tried like did said some stuff and then posed and she was like this is this is my mic and then Kyrie took it and then like fell on the floor she was like guys and then oscar did the most casual green mist blow ever like somebody took a frame of it and i was like this is art because she doesn't a lot of the time they'll like move forward and it'll be like an aggressive like snake like motion no standing standing stark upright just like <laughs> just green mist in the face like it was it, the the like the uh the contrast along that like that whole thing beautiful beautiful um, some people were like, I really wish Paige could bump so she could sell the green mist more. And I was like, it wasn't like they were kicking the shit after, afterwards. She was just like, oh, she's blind. And then Kyrie twirls her, twirls her freaking, uh, umbrella and Oscar like dances. And I was just like, yeah, this is what I wanted. Also, also, um, no, oh, never mind. I'll bring it up later. But yeah, no, everything about that. Is, do they have an official shirt? Scotty. Did the Kabuki Warriors have an official shirt? If it's ju- is it just Oscar's shirt? Uh, no, I think they have an official shirt, but I feel like it's from their babyface run, so they don't have a heel shirt yet, which I feel like will look a lot more badass. I'm sad because the heel shirt could have just been Oscar's like bleeding from the like the eyes and mouth thing with wearing a pirate hat, and then that could have just been Kabuki Warriors, and you could have just sold like five hundred thousand of those. But no, no. Well, my heel of the week is, uh, this is pro, this is historic. This is the first AEW heel of the week. And it's Brandy Rhodes. And let me be clear, not the person. I love Brandy as a person. She's done amazing things for AEW. She's done the, um, the, the, what are the, the private rooms they have for people with like autism and stuff like that? Yeah. Oh, the sensory friendly experiences. Yes. She, she's done that. That's amazing. But the character is just so trying to be Stephanie McMahon, and I don't... Because here's what it is. Cody Rhodes is genuinely probably one of my favorite characters in wrestling right now because he's this guy who is clearly trying to fight against fight against his old enemy in WWE, but he's still trying to retain being a good person. But he's surrounded with people like MJF and Brandy who are these negative influences on him that cause him to do bad things. He is straight up the Macbeth of pro wrestling, and I love it. But the thing and is, Brandy that, do- Brandy still does good things though. Like with him, like helps him. Like she, like it's this weird, it's this weird like Jekyll and Hyde bit, which is why I can still stomach it. The stuff that she does with Cody is what makes it interesting and palatable. If she was just yeah. like that all the time and then was like like bitching at him on the outside and everything, like being an ungrateful wife, then she would be Stephanie. But yeah. instead, she's. Well, that's what it is. When she's with Cody, it's fine. Because, like I said, I, and earlier today, I said, I'm not going to say who my heel is. All I'll say is Lady Macbeth until it just goes, oh, Brandy. <laughs> like, yeah. It's when she tries to go off and do angles with the girls that I don't like. Like, I liked when she brought in Kong, because that was amazing. That was a big flip of, oh, Brandy's going to add herself to the match because that's who she is. And then she brings in Awesome Kong and everyone freaks out. But this week. Who was it in the backstage segment who just got randomly beat to shit by Brandy? It, it wasn't random. It, they're going to probably expound upon it next week. It just seemed random. It, well, no. It's it's not that. It's the way she acted afterwards. 
where Brandy just started staring at the interviewer and like holding out her hands and pointing fingers at her. And I'm like, this is nothing like Brandy has ever acted in her entire life. It's because like I'm fine with a quote unquote heel turn. It's just that this one was if if the heel turn still seems in character. This seems like a completely different character Brandy is portraying. And I don't like that at all. Okay, so like it's 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 like if you based your entire view of Ready to Rumble off the one good scene with DDP. Except in reverse. That, then you're saying I'm not allowed to have a negative opinion about anything in wrestling because it is a constant wheel. That's like being like, oh yeah, no, the Bray Wyatt-Seth Rollins match was amazing because it it, it doesn't matter because it's a, it's a wheel because it's going to keep going. There's not been a payoff yet. Like, no, that's... no. The, what you were complaining about was Brandy the character. The problem was Brandy in that one segment when there was no context. Yeah. You needed to be more specific. That's why I was like, no, dude, it was just this one, this one thing was done horribly. Like, the overall thing is still kind of, like, floating. There was just that one, there was, it's like a, it's like that one bit where it's like, oh, okay, it didn't quite go under. It didn't quite go under. You did like, yeah. like, because you found out who that other person was and what happened. And you were like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. But if they don't explain that, then yeah, no, totally 100%. This is like the turning point moment for it. But currently it's just a bad segment. That's all I was saying. It doesn't become a full bad angle until you have at least two interactions. <laughs> okay. You gotta meet, there's a minimum requirement to name something a bad angle. Okay. Like my, I'll, I'll like, like my heel of the week is a bad angle. Like the Lana Rusev is a bad angle. It's been going on for weeks. Apparently some people believe it's so bad it's good. All like broken Matt Hardy. That is false. That is, no, there's no ratings not. to back that up. People still stopped watching in the third hour. And unlike Broken Broken Matt Hardy, no one is supporting this. There's no, like, like I still don't know who's like, you know what people like? We'll, we'll bring this up, like, and then Rusev will be sympathetic. But then we'll make him turn on Rusev by making him want sex too much. And therefore being misogynist. Except all of the men in the audience will look at Lana and be like, I, I can see it. Like maybe it's I don't so agree. It's so bad. But... It's getting death threats. <laughs> Lashley is getting death threats over this fucking angle because of how bad it is. And probably and listen, I'll be honest, and also possibly because he's black. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Your state exists. We, there is a there is a certain WWE demographic that is like, yep. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to bring this as my heel of the week before I read uh, a story earlier today, but. Why, I, I don't know who is making the decision to, like, end the fucking show on this angle. Yeah, that was what was bad for me. When it was the first time the angle hit, I was like, okay, that's good, it'll get some eyes on it. But this is, like, a mid-card, middling angle that doesn't matter that much. So I'm fine with it kind of happening in the mid-card so I can fast-forward it through it. No, this week they're like, no, this is main event shit right here. This is getting the attention we need. This is the this is good shit. <laughs> Oh, that's the embodiment of good shit. That is the ultimate. Rusev getting low blow twice and getting beat up 
by his wife with a kendo stick. You know, domestic violence. That's I good shit. I did love how much he no-sold that kendo stick, by the way. Which, I don't know I don't know if I sent it to you guys. Someone gift it and put Lashley, WWE, Rusev, AEW, Lana hitting it with a kendo stick. ROH. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did get that one. It was good. But yeah, oh. no, this, this angle is just... I don't know who it's supposed to help. What it's supposed to help. It feels like the second coming of that. I think I've said this more of that Ziggler, Summer Rae, Lana Rusev angle from like, what was that, two years ago, three years ago? There's been four, four separate Lana cheating angles. There was the Aiden English one. There was the Enzo Amore one. There was the fucking Ziggler one. And now this one. Oh, there was also that brief segment where The Rock implied that he had fucked Lana. That was also That was the best one. And it was five seconds. Okay. My heel of the week. Oh, going off of. Real quick. Secondary heel. Whoever makes WWE's merchandise for, for like, chain reacting the Jordan Miles thing that I had to read about. Fuck that guy. Also, and also apparently lying to him because he said that, like, Hunter approved it. And then he went to Hunter and was like, Jordan approved it. And so at that point, and that might be Jordan speculating some shit. Oh, no, he had an email. If, yeah, yeah. He had, like, an email saying, like, this is what H wants. And H was like, I thought you wanted it. But no, this, uh. Like just all their just all their merchandise is so terrible, and like somebody pointed out, it was like there are a lot of great graphic artists like out in out in the wrestling scene. None of them are employed by WWE. They continue Did to. Did you see this. the new Becky shirt? I don't care about your problems. It's I don't care about your stupid feelings, and then on the back I am the man. And someone said, someone said. If it on the back had one of those, like, American flag with an eagle in front of it that's just like, this is my country, we speak English, get over it. That's what that shirt looks like. Okay, good. That phrase feels like something that Vince McMahon says every day. Yeah, it feels like whenever he was using the roster to, like, insult millennials. That's really... Also, that's that's still not as bad as when Last Kicker was sold in men's sizes. Uh, (laughs) Um... Okay, real quick though, I want to get to my heel because it it it's a it's a fast one. Uh, Sean Rossap pointed out earlier today that before last week, Seth Rollins was in seven straight TV matches that ended in a DQ, a no contest, or a ref stoppage. Yeah, seven fucking straight TV matches. And then the the one this week ended with not any of that, but what I would like to call bullshit because yeah. he pinned someone with a forklift, which is like and his only like he had a really good match with Umberto. I was able to see some of it. It was looked like they were just going at it, but it's just like when you have your fucking champion in an angle where he. And his, like, main opponent can't fight, then there are so many better ways to do it than doing all of this DQ stuff. All of these DQs, these are, this is half of the reason why I stopped watching WWE in the first place. Because there was never anything conclusive on the weekly shows, so why the fuck do I have to watch it? I still would a better way to do it would have been if, like, like, like if The Fiend had matches... 
when, like, the match starts after his, like, light bullshit, and, like, the ref is like, oh, he's in the ring, ding, 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 and then the, the, he just mandible claws the guy, the guy passes out, and then the lights go out, and he just goes, and he just does that to, like, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins-level people leading up to it, and there's just a trail of bodies. Meanwhile, Seth has to keep, like, actually wrestling people, because he's not a psycho monster, and then you get to see this great, like... Like, dichotomy between the two of them, like, the, the, the wrestler versus the unstoppable force. That would have been a great way to build that. Then you would have wanted and to like see it. And, like, the wall in the Firefly Funhouse that had all of the victims on it, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That would be so much better. Yeah. Yep. We should start our own show. <laughs> this summer, two men save the world. From who you ask, everything invading robo-penises. This show is not about those two men. <laughs> this show's just a load of BS. The show are Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore. Make up dumbass movies like that. We're your personal think tank. We're your two white guys, which fills the quota for a <laughs> podcast, I think. And we're just going to be here to have a good time and talk about sauerkraut. That's right. Except no substitutes, ladies and gentlemen, because this is that pure, uncut P.S. <laughs> good, good, uncut. So, boys, we've talked WWE, unfortunately. We've talked AEW, and I'm not allowed to have negative opinions about them. And no, you can't. Talked- I just need context. That's all. Okay. <laughs> we have context for WWE sucking. We have decades of it. Yeah, but what I want to talk about right now is a show that's not going to have a problematic pay-per-view this weekend, and it is JWF that's revving up for crossing the line, so let's turn things over to Captain Tibbs and Silver Spoon for another episode of JWF Monday Night War. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by a man who's been captain in this ship all the way since 1993. It's Captain Tibbs. That's right, Sills. It's me. That's right, Tibbs, and let me tell you something. This weekend, we have an amazing pay-per-view coming up because our developmental roster, JXT, they're going to be crossing the line into the JWF. And, Tibbs, we've got some amazing matches lined up. We've got our champion, Momoa Curry, facing off against a JXT standout, the Jebedook, in a match that last week was upgraded. It is going to be an Iron Man match, Tibbs. And let me tell you something. I don't know how Jeb's going to be able to handle that stipulation. Well, so I, I think that I think that, that lanky little motherfucker is going to pull some punches. I think he's got a lot of surprises in store. He's been a rising star for a long time. I think he's someone that's going to give old Momoa a run for his money. And, you know, speaking of surprises, Tibbs, I want to take you back to last week on Monday Night War where we had a scheduled match. The VWO were going to take on the JXT Tag Team Champions, Gods on Parade, when, unfortunately, the team known as the Dynasty came out assaulting the VWO, taking them out of the match. And then afterwards, 
the JXT World Heavyweight Champion Houston Longhorn came out to the ring and he assaulted the JXT champions, but he didn't come alone, did he, Tips? <laughs> no, not at all, Sills. I did not. <laughs> what, would you like to elaborate or are you just gonna laugh? I really like the laughing, Sills. <laughs> Well, Tibbs, let me tell you something. He came out to the ring with a man who the JWF universe has fallen in love with over the past year. The man known as Sam the Beer Man Adams. And both of them absolutely assaulted gods on parade. Nobody expected this kind of violence, this kind of vitriol to come out of Sam Adams. And I know it shocked you. Well, so, you know, in the moment, I never would have expected that, but... When you really look and read between the lines, you see how devious Sam Adams has been, how, how conniving he could really be, how he flings out all of these things that he flaunts, like America and beer, and you really just don't see the real evil within. So him teaming up with Houston Longhorn, damn it, I have to say, I didn't like it, but I have to give respect where respect is due on a move like that. That's all right, Tibbs. And coming out to the ring right now are Houston Longhorn and Sam Adams. They, I hope they have some answers for what happened last week. Some, some maybe an apology. Who knows? So let's go down to the ring and have a listen. Do y'all see what happens? What happens when two of the greatest professional wrestlers in this company's history get treated like nothing but the threat they are? What happens is you see a deadly alliance, a two-man power trip that will stop in nothing until all the gold in these two companies are around our waists. You see, people thought of Sam Adams and I as nothing but jokes, one-hit wonders that did something big once, but now we're floundering in mediocrity, but that's nothing but the truth. I mean, they said I got lucky winning the JXT Championship. Sam, he got lucky by pinning a legend in this business in the form of Spider Lockhart. But you see, the truth is, old Sam and I, we don't need luck. No, we just needed our Southern ambition, and that was enough. And it will be enough to carry us to the top of this industry. And we started proving that fact last week when we absolutely destroyed the team of Zeus and Falcor, God's own parade. You see, everybody likes to talk about how dominant they are, how they've never lost a match in this company that mattered. Well, we're here to prove them wrong. And that's why this well, Sunday... Oh, 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 sorry, a little bit. Just wait a second. Uh, let me come out here. Let me. It's God's own parade. Zeus and Falcor coming out. They don't look happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I've been dragging. You know how it is. <laughs> oh, Miss... Houston Longhorn, you think you got the upper hand on us last week, didn't you? No? Oh, I'm very sorry to say it, though. So once again, you did just get lucky. You got lucky convincing a, a JWF superstar that they're an absolute failures, you know? But that is because Sam Adams doesn't tune into JXT every week. Sam Adams doesn't sit and watch as you bumble around and simply fail upwards into the spot you're in now. Sam Adams did not realize that aligning himself with you, very big mistake, I'm sorry to, uh, to admit it, Sam. Really bad, really bad idea there, okay? But if you don't think that now, then we will be more than willing to show you this at crossing the line this 
Oh, t Tibbs! Looks like somebody's coming out. They may disagree with Falcor challenging for that match. It is the team of the VWO, Justin and Griffin Clouds, unfortunately not flanked by their brother, the Hammerman, coming out to stop Falcor in his tracks. And Tibbs, I gotta say, that might be good. Falcor sounded like he's had a little bit too much dragon fire today. Only a little bit, Silv. Sometimes he gets a little hopped up when he knows he's making an appearance. Oh, let's see what Griffin Clouds has to say. Hey, uh, I'm a... Sorry, boys. Sorry, uh, but... You're not getting off that easy. I I'm sorry to say God's on parade. I if you just haven't forgotten, you still owe us a match for your JXT championships. And we haven't forgotten about that. Well, last week, we may have gotten a little sidetracked. Had to attend to some family business. You know, our brother was brutally beaten down in the middle of the ring, but that's not your problem, that's ours. But see, we're now focused on what we want and what we deserve. And that is that gold around your waist. All right, now fuck, just stop, stop. Sills, hold my place. All right, <clears throat> looks like Tim's going to the ring. Gonna sort this out. All right, God damn it. You know I hate when I have to come out here and sort out all your shit. You know something? I'm looking out in this ring. I see two great matches for crossing the line. I've got God's on parade facing off against the VWO on one hand. I got them facing against Sam Adams and Houston Longhorn on the other. I, I just can't choose. Why does the onus of choice always have to be put on Tibbs? Because I booked the damn show. Fine. Main event matches at WrestleMania quality right here. It's so astounding. And it's going to be great either way. And you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to choose. Tibbs hates making decisions. So here we're going to have a triple threat match. You six men want to prove yourself in the ring that you're just going to go and goddamn well do it this Sunday in a horrible match. Brutal match. It's going to have you picking splinters out of your ass for weeks, even you, Dragon Boy. Because this Sunday, God's on parade will be taking on the VWO and Houston Longhorn and Sam Adams in a tables match. Tibbs, an amazing declaration. It looks like we've got the card completely fleshed out right now. We've got that Iron Man match between Momoa and Jebeduk. We've got this amazing triple threat match, this tables match. And Tibbs, it's a stroke of genius. Well, of course it is, Sells. So you can see, opportunities like that don't come along very often. You just got to make the most of it, you know. But Tibbs, let me tell you something. There is one match that is actually in jeopardy right now. It was supposed to be a three-on-three -three match as the team of the Dynasty, the Dillon, Scotty Moore, and Blake Tanner took on JXT standout Gazi and his former teammates. It was supposed to be your son Chuck and the Hammerman. But as we said earlier in the night, last week, the Hammerman, he was horribly assaulted by the Dynasty. His head nearly crushed in a steel chair at the hands of Blake Tanner, Tibbs. It was... It's just hard to think about, Sills. All of them, all my boys hurt like that. But Tibbs, let me tell you something. This is me off. Oh, okay, Tibbs. But t let me tell you something right now. I mean, Gazi, he didn't even have any teammates selected. If it wasn't for the Hammer Man, and if it wasn't for Chuck coming out and saving him, he was going to go it alone. 
And now with the Hammerman out, I mean the whole match is in jeopardy. And we've sent one of our top interviewers backstage to have a talk with the Dynasty about their actions last week. Ladies and gentlemen, Don the Don McDonald here with the four men that make up the most dominant stable in the JWF, the Dynasty. Now boys, last week you declared that Gazi's team for crossing the line was, was a joke to you, an easy night of wrestling. Which is why I've got to ask, why would you come out later that night and brutalize the Hammerman with that steel chair? I mean, you sent him to the hospital and effectively you've taken him out of the match. I'm sorry, is this really a question? I mean, come on, isn't it obvious, McDonald? We were simply making our point last week. Because what we did to the Hammer Man was only a small percentage of what we planned to do to Chuck Tibbs and Ghazi this Sunday. And it was clear the Hammer Man, he just couldn't handle the heat, so he got out of the kitchen. He couldn't handle what happens when three of the best damn superstars come down on him with the wrath of God and leave him late. And so we did Ghazi a favor. We trimmed the dead weight from his team. In fact, if old Chuck Tibbs wasn't on vacation this week, we'd kick his ass six ways to Sunday too. And you see, that's nothing personal against Chuck. Just like last week, it wasn't personal against the Hammer Man. Now, what we did to these men was entirely because of Ghazi. Because ever since Ghazi came to this company, he's always been trying to hide behind somebody, hide behind something. And we understand why he's hiding. It's because he knows that he's nothing but a small, pathetic little man that has no place in this ring with giants like the dynasty which is why this sunday we're gonna give Ghazi no place to run and no place to hide no we are going to beat down each and every member of his team until it is Ghazi alone in this ring against his greatest fear the fight bulls and when Ghazi and only Ghazi is the last man standing Will we finally give him what he deserves? A reason to leave this company for good. Tibbs, looks like Scotty Moore has just added a stipulation to their match this Sunday. Sounds like it's going to be an elimination match. What do you think? Well, Sos, I don't know how well this is going to work for Ghazi. Uh, being down a man already, almost. Uh, I'm kind of scared for the time. That's right, but well, I'm getting I'm getting news right now, and it seems that Gazi Gazi has actually found a third man for his team. He's keeping it a secret from us, a secret from the dynasty. But he says that this man will bring war upon the heads of the Fight Boys. And let me tell you something. I think this might be the turning point that Gazi's team needs. What do you think? Well, I will say a very good uh, good move on Gazi's part, keeping it secret. That way the Dynasty, of course, will not be able to target him, whoever this mystery individual is that uh, is apparently bringing war. That's right, Tibbs. But of course, I mean, we're, we've been talking about the tag team matches, the three-on-three -three matches, but the match that I am most looking forward to is a, it is a dream match in this company as our champion Momoa Curry, the god of the JWF, takes on one of the biggest names in JXT, the Jebaduk in an Iron Man match. And Tibbs, let me tell you something. When these two clash this Sunday, it's going to be can't miss. What do you think? Of course, Sills. I, I talked about it a little bit earlier tonight. 
But this is going to be such a good match. It's going to be a grueling marathon. And in the end, only one man will be aware, will be up to claim victory. That's right, Tibbs. But of course, ever since last week when Jebaduk made the challenge for an Iron Man match, we haven't heard from the champion. We don't know how he's reacting to this new stipulation, but he is in our ring right now. And I think he's got a message for the Jebaduk. Let's have a listen. You know, I really should be surprised. I should be surprised at Jebaduk's willingness to step inside that ring with me for a brutal 15-minute match that will literally not stop until that clock finally ticks down. You see, I should be shocked that Jebaduk is willing to endure 15 minutes of literal hell to face me, but the truth is, I'm not. I faced Jeb a few months ago, and during that match, he showed me that he can go the limit. He showed me that no matter how much abuse he takes, he can get back up again. But I guarantee you right now, Jeb's gonna have to get up a hell of a lot more than he ever has in his entire life this Sunday. Jeb's going to be crying and begging for mercy, and he's going to look up to me and ask for salvation. And I will look back at him and whisper, no. Because he asked for this. The Jebaduk asked for this. This really, Momoa? Oh, you're still on this whole dream match thing, aren't you? Jebaduk versus Momoa Curry for 15 uninterrupted minutes. I'll be honest, it sounds like boring television to me. Now, in case you haven't been paying attention, the real main event across in the line is going to come when Houston Longhorn and Sam Adams do the unthinkable and defeat the undefeatable team of Gods on Parade to claim the JXT Tag Team Championships. So why don't you and Jeb just make things easy on yourself and just call the whole thing off right now? Well, um, that, that certainly is an option. Or I could always... Oh my god, Tim's Momoa with a huge shot to the face of Houston Longhorn, popping him in the mouth with a big uppercut. But no, Sam Adams from out of nowhere with a massive clothesline, leveling the JWF champion and now just raining shots down onto his face. Meanwhile, Houston making his way back to his feet, joining in on the brutality. Both of these men absolutely decimating the champion ahead of his match this Sunday. It's horrifying. I can't believe that these two would come to this. Not, not even leaving Momoa Curry for this match. That's right. But, but wait a minute. Tim, there it is. The music of the Jebaduk. The Jebaduk rushing out to the ring, scaring off the team of Sam and Houston Longhorn who are trying to retreat out into the crowd looking terrified. But Tim's, let me tell you something. Is this a smart move from the Jebaduk? If I was him, I would have allowed the beatdown to continue making the match easier for me this Sunday. What do you think? I don't think that's the kind of person that, or demon, whatever the Jebaduk is. I think that the Jebaduk really wants to stand on his own merits. I, I don't blame him at all, Sills. If the Jebaduk won after letting this beatdown continue, could you really even say that he won? That's all right, Tibbs, but now... Both of these men, they may be foes on Sunday, but right now, each of them holding each other's hands to the sky, celebrating with the JWF universe. But oh my god, 
Jabaduk! Jabaduk from out of nowhere with a Duke of Whirl, absolutely leveling the JWF champion, sending his skull into the mat. Tips, this is this is astounding. Ah, there it is. Never mind. That's right, and who knows, Tibbs, that may give him the advantage he needs when this Sunday he faces Malola Curry in a 15-minute Iron Man match. But we're not only going to have that, we are going to see the team of Ghazi, Chuck Tibbs, and a mystery partner facing off against the Fight Boys. And most importantly, we're going to have a championship on the line when Gods on Parade defend their JXT Tag Team championships against Houston Longhorn and Sam Adams and of course one of the most dominant tag teams in JWF history the VWO love it great pay-per-view good idea Tibbs Great idea, Tibbs. Pat Tibbs on the back. He had a good idea. That's right, Tibbs. And, of course, all of that is happening this Sunday at Crossing the Line on the official Fight Boys YouTube channel. Make sure to tune into it to make sure to see how all of these matches end. But, of course, if you want to see what happens after that, you're going to have to tune in next time to JWF Monday Night War. So, Blakey T, it's been an amazing episode. It was so fantastic, Dylan. Literally evaporated into space. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I'm sure he's okay. He'll be back next but week. But for now, what did you learn this week? You know, I learned that, um... I don't fucking know. Racists are gonna be racist. WWE still shit. And AEW is still my favorite by far. Although, power... Uh, impact, it's all good except for ROH. And I learned that my new goal in life is to take a shot of milk with CM Punk. <laughs> but uh, Dylan can be found on Twitter at Dick and Stormy. Until next time, Blake, where can they find you? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Video on YouTube. And also, you can find me here on all the great BS Network podcasts that we do, which is this one and the other one that Scotty and I do called A Load of BS. And you actually... I also guessed it... Yeah, I was... Yeah, I guessed it on Opposite Attractions. Um, is it this week it's coming it's out? It's out this week and next week. It is a two-part episode. We play... Yes, it was. We play our uh, our buddy Jim. He made an RPG about going to Disney World called Surviving the Magic. It's a really great fucking game. We had a lot of fun. So make sure to check that out and find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon and check out all the other BS Network programs online at a load of purebs.com, including the brand new Show Me Again. If you've ever wanted to hear me have a fucking panic attack live on air. Check out the latest episode. It's really great. Special thanks to Mega Ran for giving us wholeheartedly completely endorsing our usage of our theme song, Fighters. Go listen to Mega Ran. Go listen to all his music. Follow him on Twitter and, of course, his podcast Matt Mania. That's right. But of course... Also, make sure to rate the show, whether that be on iTunes or Podchaser. It's like IMDB for podcasts. It's a fucking phenomenal app. I really love it. And remember to support the show monetarily if you can. And as always, you can find us at aloadofpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show Hulk Hogan. Except no, don't really fuck you. Because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!